Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Millionaire Muslim IFG's podcast. And um, today, inshallah, we're going to be starting session 17 of our Tafsir series. And this is a series of um, sessions where we go through some of the key verses in the Quran that focus in on the uh, financial matters, the business matters, and also uh, just the general kind of moral um, things that we need to focus on when we are operating as homo economicus, as human beings in the economic realm. So inshallah today, uh, we're going to be focusing in on um, two main, uh, two key verses, and we're going to be talking about two themes that I really think are important for us as Muslims in the 21st century in the UK, but also in the West generally, to be really, really conscious of. And the first of these is that we need to be uh, lenient in business. And this is the philosophy of leaving something on the table. And I really want to think about that and, you know, have a discussion and expand on that today. And then the other thing that I want to talk about is that we need to think about what is the, the purpose of business in Islam in the first place? What is the purpose of what we're engaging in when we are um, buying and selling in in our day-to-day lives? And really going back to first principles and thinking about what it is that should be our kind of guiding um, star when we're making those decisions. But before we launch into that, I wanted to bring um, to your attention and, you know, it's something that Moss and I are really, really excited about, um, which is that we've um, overhauled our website and we've uh, put in some new sections into the website. So, I mean, for those of you who don't know uh, too much about Islamic Finance Guru, we are a website which helps Muslims make smart financial decisions and we help Muslims find halal investments, Islamic mortgages and even funding for their businesses. And Alhamdulillah, Every every month now, over 10,000 people um, rely on, on our analysis and our tools and our shari commentary as well. And, and so we thought it would be great if we just make the lives of our visitors a lot simpler. And we've now got in place two, um, uh, two pages on our website. One is on halal investments which summarizes all of the key kind of halal investment options that you have available in one place, uh, a comparison uh, website of, uh, of halal investment, so to speak. And then we also have a page on uh, halal mortgages, Islamic mortgages, doing exactly the same thing for the UK, where we go through the key uh, three main providers, so Arrayan, Ahli and Gatehouse, and the huge range of products that they have. And we've created a nice table that you can filter through so you can actually get down to the exact Exact, um, product that is suitable for you and and you can uh, progress on that but let's now crack in crack on and focus in on the tafsir itself uh, uh, so the verses are uh, verses in surah baqarah uh, starting from verse uh, 280 and uh, 281 so those are the two verses we're going to be looking at a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim wa in kana dhu usratin fanadhiratun ila maysarah wa an tasaddaqu khayrun lakum in kuntum ta'lamun وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا تُرْجَعُونَ فِيهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ ثُمَّ تُوَفَّى كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَا كَسَبَتْ وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ And if someone is in hardship, then let there be postponement until a time of ease. But if you give from your right as charity, then it is better for you if only you knew. 
and fear a day when you will be returned to Allah, then every soul will be compensated for what it earned, and they will not be treated unjustly. So those are the two verses that we want to focus in on. And in summary, the first verse is saying that if someone is in hardship and you're needing to deal with them, call in a loan or something like along those lines, then you should be lenient, you should postpone it and you should let them, you know, give them a bit of slack. And actually, you could even give them charity, you could even give up your right entirely. That And that is better for you if only you knew. And And that's a really, really crucial bit of the verse that I want us to think about. And then the, the second verse talks about, you know, fearing the day. I mean, this is immediately, by the way, this is immediately after the verses on interest. And this is uh, following on from that. And it says, fear the day that you'll be returned to Allah. And when every soul will be compensated for what it earned and they will not be treated unjustly. So the, the key things there are that we, we have this concept of justice that's at play. So there's this touch point that we should be looking to every single time when we are engaging in, in economic transactions, which is justice and injustice and avoiding that. And, uh, and also there's this concept of recompense. So there's a concept of, you know, you will get your just rewards for whatever you did in this world uh, and, and make sure that, you know, the both sides of the transaction are equal. But let's dive in onto the first verse and really think about the philosophy of leaving something on the table. So I want to exemplify this whole point by giving a little story. So let's say we've got Bob, the non-Muslim who lives in London, and we've got Haris, the Muslim, who also lives in London. And so Bob, um, he he's a kind of a hippie type character. I mean, we, why not just exaggerate and bring the point out really clearly? So Bob is a hippie type character. He um, you know, he's not really that fussed about negotiating really hard and um, you know that sort of thing. So he will happily go and buy from your local waitrose or even he'll go to your local um, organic store or farm store and buy from there. And you know it's it's probably more expensive than your your Aldi, for example. Uh, but he'll happily do that. And if um, he buys something on eBay or he buys something off Gumtree and he goes in person to buy the thing off the per of, of the individual, he'll happily pay the asking price. He won't really worry about it too much. Um, if he buys a conservatory uh, to, to fit into his house, he'll again, he'll probably won't, con he won't negotiate too much. He'll actually uh, be happy to buy a decent conservatory rather than really trying to save costs and, um, you know, as a result of it, all of these things means something happen. So Bob uh, and, and his and his like will attract each other. And in that area, you'll find some really good quality businesses setting up. Why are they good quality businesses? Well, because they have a lot of margin that is left for them to play with and really improve their quality. So if someone is, uh, you know, quoting 15,000 for a conservatory and actually it's only going to, you know, he could have potentially gone down to 10,000 and still done the job, but he's getting that extra 5,000. So he'll give Bob an extra, you know, couple of grand or extra grand worth of work, uh, extra grand worth of quality product that he wouldn't otherwise have, have got. And so Bob, you know, Bob's happy and uh, the person's happy and he's got a bit of margin now left as well. So this person has got a bit more profit that he wouldn't otherwise have got. So he plows that back into the business and he, you know, trains his staff and he makes it into a much better conservatory company than it was, you know, before um, Bob and his like were customers. 
And the same goes with the organic shop or the farm store or whatever you want to uh, pick out. All of these guys, they get a little bit extra profit and they use that to do research and development. And over time, uh, there's a whole ecosystem that develops around Bob and his um, and his like. And, um, you know, you have these strong businesses that have decent profits that are coming in and you have businesses that are investing in research and development. And uh, over time, this kind of culture permeates and, and grows and you've got businesses that are really coming up with interesting IP, interesting uh, intellectual property, you know, interesting patented kind of ideas. Uh, the future uh, of, of the world depends on this kind of technology. And these businesses are only being able to are only able to achieve that because they get extra margin um, in their transactions and you know they, they, they have that profit to mess around with. And so over time what happens is that country in which Bob is in becomes a world leader in really cool technology and really cool uh, stuff that everyone else wants. And so Bob gets to export that and Bob and his community now of hippies start exporting this stuff out to the rest of the world. And uh, and before you know it, suddenly the, the exports of this country, the Bob, Bob land, are far higher than any imports because people want Bob stuff, Bob land stuff, much more than you know they they have to offer because they all, all have to offer the same kind of stuff so actually the balance of trade uh, goes into their favor and you know the more stuff you sell i.e the more stuff you uh, you export uh, the more money you make and then and the, the less you import the less you spend so overall the bobland is absolutely flush with money and and the economy is is going really really well so that's the story of bob and and then the story of haris the muslim who lives in London? Uh, again, I'm not saying whole Muslims like this, but you know, this is this is a, uh, a you know, there's a reason why I've chosen Haris the Muslim because I think many Muslims can fall um, fall into this trap. So Haris the Muslim, he is very very parsimonious, very very uh, focused in on getting the best deal. He um, shops at Aldi. Uh, he doesn't um, buy lunch at work. He um, eats. Uh, you know, lunches from from uh, a tin can that he takes in. Um, he uh, will negotiate ruthlessly, brutally hard, even if he is going to pick up a you know ten pound basket that he's bought on Gumtree. He will negotiate extremely aggressively and say, "I'll give you two pounds for this," and then eventually they'll settle at three pound fifty. Or four pound or something, and 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 Harris will buy this, uh, buy this basket, and Harris does the same thing with everything, right? So the conservatory guy hates serving Harris because he goes to Harris and he says, oh, um, you know, fifteen thousand pounds. Harris says five thousand pounds. The guy's like, well, I, you know, I I break even at seven thousand. Um, five thousand is just ridiculous. And so eventually, Harris will negotiate him up uh, to uh, down to about seven and a half grand. So the person takes about five five hundred profit, which is barely worth it for him. And so he says, you know, forget this. I'm not going to come to deal with Harris and his like, and I'm going to go elsewhere. And all the good shops they also go elsewhere. Um, and suddenly, in Harris land, you've only got the local Aldi. You've got um, an off license. For some inexplicable reason, they've decided to set up in this area, and you've got uh, some dodgy traders who are willing to 
do a work for cheap because they're not going to put in the quality, they're not going to put in the effort, they don't have the qualifications, they don't have the health and safety, um, they're, they're just you know there to serve the market that is in front of them, which is a market that wants cheap stuff. And none of these people, of course, will be progressing, none of these businesses in this area will be, will be progressing very far because they don't have that money to invest in, in growth, they don't have that money to invest in research, they don't have any of that extra capacity to do this stuff and not only that but people don't like transacting with the people people like Haris in the future so you know people like Bob um, everyone enjoys transacting with them because they know Bob is going to give them a bit of you know a bit of slack and he'll uh, make a bit of profit in that transaction and one will both sides will do well out of that transaction but with Haris you know that you're going to be in you know a real kind of uh, washing machine kind of experience and you're going to be put through the ringer and you're going to come out barely you know breaking even so you just you feel like it's not really worth the hassle and so people move away and they go towards Bob rather than Harris and so um, you know the story that played out with Bob doesn't play out with Harris in terms of the wider, wider economy macroeconomic effects and so ultimately the community that Harris has created doesn't do very well and ultimately you know, the economic circumstances of that society um, go downhill. So the the kind of lessons that, you know, we learn here are that when Prophet ﷺ, he says uh, in a hadith, Rahimallahu abdan, samhan idha ba'a, samhan idha shtara, or samhan idha qtada. Allah has mercy on the servant who is forgiving when he buys and sells and when he calls in loans. So that, that hadith really exemplifies Bob, the non-Muslim uh, in this uh, in this uh, uh, in this story, and um, Haris the Muslim could do well to learn from people like Bob, uh, and uh, you know the more we behave as um, as Haris, the less valuable it is in the long run for us as a community. So as an individual, Haris will end up getting the best deal every single time, and and that's great. But as a community, he will we will suffer. So it's the, it's the whole uh, point about you know the the, uh, the tragedy of the commons where uh, if one person grazes their cow on the common land, then that one person does well. But if everyone starts doing the same thing, then suddenly we have a completely destroyed common land and no one does well. And so, but if every one of a, if everyone works together and they behave in an appropriate way, then they can look after that common land. And so, this is the point here as well. So, Haris individually he might do well, but as a community, um, it will it will lead to really bad effects. So, what should we be doing then? So, what we should be doing is being lenient in our transactions, being lenient in our buying and selling. When we negotiate, we should. I'm not saying don't negotiate. I'm not even saying don't negotiate hard. But I think that there needs to be a real kind of um, appreciation that you should be giving people uh, a respectable amount uh, and you know leaving some leaving some of the money on the table. So a great way of doing this that my mum did recently was, uh, and I've tried to start adopting this as well. And um, you know I went on holiday recently, and, and another brother who I went with he was doing this as well, which is you know, you, you you negotiate as you would normally. But at the end of the negotiation, you decide actually, you know, I've negotiated down to you down to like 50 to 50 pounds, but actually, you know what, take 70 pounds. And so the, the person looks at you and thinks, you know, what's the point of this the negotiation you just did? 
but there is a point the point is that you know you you feel like you've got value for money and then you know if you want to give extra then then that's great as well and and i genuinely believe we should do that because you know for us the reason why we do islamic finance guru is because we want to help muslims um, essentially get richer we want to help muslims go from being the poorest people in in society and in the world to being the people who are the most um you know who are the the best off in terms of um how they spend their money and the wisest in terms of how they spend their money and we be we we believe this very very sincerely and if that's the case then you know i i challenge myself about this if that's the case then why is it that i can't start doing that right now right so when I, so i make a point of using muslim tradesmen um for every um kind of work that we do generally speaking even though i know that has has its own headaches because as i've just explained we have not a high quality of tradesmen but i feel like it's important to do that and i feel like it's important to pay them really well and possibly more than they're asking for or you know more than you ultimately negotiate them them down to and and that is for these very reasons that we should do this um so uh, i think that's a really good way that my mum um does of uh of really living this hadith and actually there's another hadith of rasulullah sallallahu where um jabir uh, ibn abdullah uh, ibn abdullah he narrates that rasulullah sallallahu was on a way back from a ghazwa military expedition and his camel was slow and exhausted and the prophet came up to him and he said oh jabir uh, and he said yes he said what is the matter with you and he and jabir says i replied my camel is slow and tired so i'm left behind so rasulullah sallallahu got down and he poked the camel with his stick and then ordered jabir to ride and and jabir said i rode the camel and it became so fast that i had to hold it from being uh, from going ahead of uh, allah's uh, allah's messenger and uh, jabir radhiyallahu was then asked by the prophet uh, to actually sell him this camel and uh, jabir said fine and so the prophet purchased it for an ukya of gold and then um, jabir radhiyallahu he um uh, uh he, he he gave the camel over to rasulullah sallallahu and um uh, he told um jabir to come and visit him and get the money from him uh, as well so uh, he went and uh, he entered and he offered the salah in the masjid and prophet sallam told bilal to weigh and give him one uqiyah of gold so bilal did that and uh, and he went away and then prophet sallam called him back and um jabir thought that he would actually return the camel to him but prophet sallam um he said take your camel as well as its price so he gave him the camel and he gave him the uqiyah of gold so i mean this is a classic example of what my mom was up to which is like prophet sallam negotiated the price with him and then he gave him the price anyway uh, and and i find that absolutely beautiful uh, and i think that you know we should really start adopting you know these kind of principles in our lives and in our negotiation not least because this is a sunnah and this is rewarded but also because it is common it is good economic sense right it's it actually makes sense for the purpose for the reasons that i explained above so then the second uh, topic that i really want to talk about today is the um idea of going back to our root purpose when we think about business so the purpose of business and the purpose for all of the things in islam is about worshiping allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bringing about a world where the kalima of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high where the word of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where allah's will is put above and beyond and before our will and what we want 
So what Allah wants is uh, is sacred and sacrosanct, and what we want is sacrificed at that you know altar uh, of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's will. Um, and and we want to create a world in which what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wills comes about. And and what does that mean really? What that means is we want to create a world in the economic realm that is just and that one that is infused with Islamic morality and one that takes people back to the real transaction of value here. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Saf, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu hal adullukum ala tijaratin tunjikum min a'thabin alim tu'minuna billahi wa rasoolihi wa tujahiduna fi sabilillahi biyamwalikum wa anfusikum ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَيُدْخِلْكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ وَمَسَاكِنَ طَهِيبَةً فِي جَنَّاتِ عَدْنٍ ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ وَأُخْرَى تُحِبُّونَهَا نَصْرٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَتْحٌ قَرِيبٌ وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Oh, you who have believed, shall I guide you to a transaction that will save you from a painful punishment? It is that you believe in Allah and His Messenger and strive in the cause of Allah with your wealth and your lives. That is best for you if you should know. And if you do that, then he will forgive you for your sins and admit you to gardens beneath which rivers flow and pleasant dwellings in gardens of perpetual residence. That is the great achievement. That is the great achievement. And, and you will obtain another favor that you love as well when you do this. Victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and an imminent conquest and give good tidings to the believers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the real transaction here, let me guide you to the real transaction, and that is that you'll be saved from the painful punishment and you'll get uh, Jannah. And um, and what do you need to do to do that? You need to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you need to believe in his messenger, you need to uh, strive in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your wealth and yourselves, and that is the best thing for you. And if you do that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you, will give you Jannah, and that is the you know the real uh, success. And then he will say, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and you know what? I'll actually give you something on this world as well, which is a victory from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, min Allah wa fathun qareeb, and an imminent conquest, and give good, uh, good tidings to the believers. So really, this is the real economic transaction that's happening, because what is an economic transaction? What is business? Business is all about uh, trading stuff for other stuff. And you only trade stuff for something else because you prefer that over what you have at that time, right? You always want to get something that is valuable. You want to uh, create, you know, get something that is worth a lot for very, you know, for cheap. That's the reason why sales are so, are so effective. And so, um, you know, if that's the core purpose of a business transaction, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, you know, if you're looking at things through a paradigm of, of um, economics and transactions, let me tell you the real paradigm, uh, the real transaction that you should be focusing in on. And that is the transaction where you give your wealth, give your time, give your efforts, give your mind, basically give everything that you have, because those are your resources. That's your, you know, that's your coins that you can use in this, in this uh, transaction. And in return, I will give you Jannah and I will um, save you from the hellfire. 
and 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 that is such a such a valuable thing if you only knew this oh muslims you would um you would just do this every single time it doesn't matter and like the, the transactions and the way that you know the form of how you do it doesn't matter like a, a poor man if he gives that um you know five pounds that he has is uh, potentially worth more in this real transaction than if a rich man gives five thousand pounds and so Allah he is focusing us in on the real uh, thing of substance and so when we uh, you know Prophet uh, uh, he said uh, Ibn Umar uh, he narrated that um, you know this kind of idea of uh, focusing on the real substance here and uh, focusing in on um, creating a just world and creating a world where you know let's you know um, so the, the hadith talks about how you shouldn't be negotiating on a price and you should not undercut your brother when he's already in a transaction and he's uh, negotiating that price so you know in, in the UK you can gazump someone on a house so if you make an offer for a house like we've recently made an offer for a house if someone goes comes along to the 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 seller and says, you know what, I'll I'll increase that price, and um, it doesn't matter if you've agreed to sell it to this person, I'll increase the price. You sell it to me instead. As a Muslim, you can't do that. Whereas you know you you can do it under UK law, and and the point behind this is that yes, it will mean you know gazumping is ultimately good for uh you know good for the seller right it's good for um the person who manages to gazump me and get the house instead of me right but the the thing that is lost here is the uh, the element of decorum the element of courtesy and the element of justice right and when you lose that then you're really losing the the thing that you should be maximizing as a first principle for all economic transactions and that is you know pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so to kind of roll back and I know, I know that I've kind of uh, you know spoken um, probably in circles on this to kind of roll back and think of it in summary it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he wants us to do what he wants rather than what we want and in the economic realm this looks like uh, creating a just economic system uh, that is um, kind and courteous and charitable and lenient um, and it is a economic system where uh, people um, are are essentially nice to each other as opposed to awful to each other and this is an economic system as we mentioned in the first um, section of this podcast that will ultimately lead to a more harmonious better and prosperous society and um, and if we do all of this stuff if we view our economic activities as something that is taking us to this higher purpose then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you know I will reward you with Jannah and I will uh, save you from the hellfire um, because uh, you have engaged in the real you know the real valuable transaction here so you know when you're engaging when you're buying something from Gumtree and you're, you're, and, you're dis and you decide not to negotiate hard uh, for the reasons that we've discussed, then actually, you know, while the, uh, while you may lose the battle, you know, of prices, you will win the war of uh, getting to Jannah. Uh, so uh, may Allah subhanahu wa taala He guide us to to achieving uh, achieving Jannah and um, and achieving uh, 
uh, a, uh, you know, a, a justness to our economic transactions. So in terms of action points then, things that we can actually do practically uh, to put these things into action. The next time you negotiate, I want you to leave something on the table. So that's action point one. And the next time you're in a transaction, it could be any transaction, think about the real purpose of the transaction and try and uh, make it, uh, you know, ascend from, transcend from being just a mundane transaction to being something that really is valuable for your ultimate transaction, which is trying to get into Jannah. So it could be that, you know, you use your leniency in trading to um, form the basis of a da'wah conversation with the person you're you're talking to. That would then really transcend your transaction. You know, you've left 10, 20, 30, 50 pounds on the table, but what you have done is engage in a da'wah conversation that could earn you massive rewards uh, in the akhirah. So until next time, uh, Jazakallah khairan for tuning in and uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you in our next session. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.